Hello, welcome to episode number 236 of the Apple Podcast. I am your host, Simon Head. I took a week off last week, and because uh, there was a few podcasts that were supposed to come to fruition that didn't come out. So what we're going to do is do a little bit different of the... I'm going to start this a little different. So anyways, thank you, Amazon shoppers, for supporting the show. It's very helpful. You too can support the show by going to appalog.ca slash Amazon or appalog.ca slash Amazon. You can also do the old-fashioned way by going to appalog.ca and click on those banners located on the right side, locate your country. And every time you shop on Amazon, use those links to shop and support the show. And it costs you no extra money. Also... Like I said before, I've been trying to get these a couple of these other bands on my podcast, and I've got music, and I said, "Yeah, let's do it." And then it either because it's the summer, they're like, "Uh, eh, nah, nah. And then like, there's a band, there's a band called Bracket, who I've known since 1996, and uh, I did sound for them in the 90s, and they're not getting back to the publicist that's working, and Melanie's trying, but they're just not getting back. So hey, Bracket, come on the show because I did sound for you in the 90s, and I played bass on one show in Bracket too because um there was a broken arm involved and it was uh because uh yeah it's it's a story but you know we can tell that story if bracket comes on the show anyways so what i want to do on this episode because it's my one of my good friends greg bolton and he is just a smart sweetheart of a man what i want to do and we talked a little bit at the end of it is we're going to try to i want there's a band i really got into that got sent to me they're called tommy and june and they got a record out on fat records and it sounds nothing like a band from fat records so I thought, hey, why don't I just play a song from this band, Tommy and June, because I've been trying to get Melanie to get them on the show as well. They're not biting, or they're just not interested, or I don't know, maybe they're on holidays. So anyways, this song is called Adulthood, and it's from the band Tommy and June. It's one of my favorite songs right now, and here it is. Adulthood, reaping all the years from my childhood, riding on a mat down a staircase, crashing into life like a new wave. Years were passing by as the time stood, rolling in the filth used to feel good. The child in me is hanging by a thread of hope, safer in the swing of a jump rope. Hey now, hurts to know that we're all unveiling like something Hey now, if you go let me know if heaven's above this I don't wanna live in adulthood give a fuck about my ripe age I'm still a punk inside, I'll never hide the range As long as I could go, I'll get through it And when my body breaks, I'll say screw it Slashing through my heart like a fish hook The family and friends and all the lives it took It's hard to see them fade or just disappear one day it will be me, and I'll be out of here Hey now, hurts to know that we're all unveiling like some things Hey now, if you go 
me know if heaven's above this No, I don't wanna grow up How can I go on? Life won't let me I can't see how to cry, it just breaks me I share myself with you, I'm an open book The story of my youth is my outlook And I'll never wear a skin that I'm not used to Growing up is hard, why do we have to? Transitioning to some is a closed door I won't replace a wound with an open sore Hey now, hurts to know that we're all Uh, isn't that a beautiful song? Such a great song. So, hey, Tommy and June, come on my show. Let's talk about your awesome band. Let's do things. It's like it's like one of those uh, open public pleas. Like, please help us bring Tommy and June to the show. Oh, dear. So, anyways, that's the record on Fat Records. And uh, you can pick that up anywhere. Listen to it on Spotify. Anywhere good music is sold. Anywhere shitty music is sold, too. You can listen to it there. So anyways, let's get to this. This is uh, Greg Bolton. He's been on the show a few times. He's an acoustician. He's a musician. He's a, he's just a knowledged, awesome person, a great conversationalist. And um, I love him. He's one of my favorite people. Here he is, Mr. Greg Bolton on the Apple Log Podcast. Yeah, that's what you want to talk about all night. Yeah, all I want to talk about is Behringer products. Yes, please. The show is brought to you in part by Behringer Audio. (laughs) Get affordable. (laughs) Said said absolutely nobody ever. Get affordable shit for affordable prices. Shit is pretty much the operative word. You know what? I don't mind Behringer stuff. I like it. There's me no wrong. You know what, though? Like, the... You... You... If you knew what you're getting going in, then you should be fine. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. you know what you're getting out of the deal. And and they aren't for the price. You're going to compare price versus things you get out of it. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, a bit of a winner in that sort of sense. Oh, totally. Like, you, know, you know you're not. I mean, it's not an avid console. Like, you should know that going into buying it. But then again, if I someone said, hey, go mix in this SC48, I go, no, thanks. I'd rather have this. Right. Because it's simple. Because it's easier and everybody has one. And like Avid's like, sorry, I don't, I've mixed on S, the S series consoles. Right. But they don't sound much better to me than the old ones. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know. My ears don't, I don't know. Maybe the people mixing on it. 
But like if you listen to a Digico, you're like, yeah, that's definitely a good sounding console. And then you listen to right. Avid, you, especially SC48s and the profiles, you're like, yeah, I don't know. It's a console. Yeah, but it's a it's very a, it's papery, a it's a loud console. You yes. make everything loud with it, but I don't know. Has, it doesn't have any feel to it. It doesn't have any color to it. No. Once I mixed a band at my theater, at the, my venue on an, on an SC48, and it was so loud, I annoyed myself. I'm like, this is, this is too loud. <laughs> really? Like, like pushing Unity and the thing is just... Not, yeah, and it could go louder. And you're like, hey, this is pretty awesome, but fuck, this is annoying. Like, this is just too loud. Nobody seemed to Crazy. care. Maybe just me. Maybe that's my age. My age is catching up with me. Well, it seems like every show now is whatever you can get as the loudest then everybody's like, wow, that band was loud. And somehow that turns out to be good. Yeah. Has not, that has nothing to do with how compressed and loud mm-hmm. and disgusting it is. Yeah. But hey, whatever. When I worked for uh, the, the Descendants and we, we played right before Lamb of God and uh, Bill from the Descendants is like, well, they were way louder than us. I go, yeah, but you know. Does I'll, it matter? Does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, sure like, it, like my question, I got a good question for you then since you've been on those types of shows. Uh-huh. Does, do you get uh, do you get a somebody from the management of the headliner say, "Hey, you can't be this yeah. loud because we need to be this loud"? Does that ha- that happens? Yeah, yeah, that's happened before, and uh, it happened with Matt Good. <laughs> my, so my so favorite, Matt Good says, "Yeah, Not, we, yeah." We Matt Good it. goes up <laughs> to the their touring guy, like their sound guy, and says, "It's too loud. Turn, tell him to turn it down." So he doesn't even have the balls to come up to me and go, hey, man, it's too loud. So he gets his sound guy to do his dirty work for him. And, yeah. So you were, you were mixing, obviously, the, the opening or yeah. the opening support? Day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was too loud for Matt Good. So. And, and, then, and then when he came on, how was it? I don't know. Bad? I was halfway home by then. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I, just, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I would assume that that's, that's sort of a norm. I don't know if it's an unwritten. Is it an unwritten rule in the? It used to be years ago. Opening opening band, yeah. sound man manual. Like the old the old thing in the eighties was when the opening band played, you turned off half the PA. That's what they do. Interesting. Yeah, I guess that's the easiest way to limit. <laughs> yeah, easiest way to make them not sound as good. So yeah. you're basically sabotaging the rig to better the headliners. Um, I don't know, but I've actually had. I've had times when I was mixing a band, I was the headlining band, and the guy was, the opening band guy was so bad that I would start mixing and the house guy would be like really mean, like, well, you know, thinking that, you know, I'm going to break his PA. So I'd start mixing and everything's so limited down because he'd go to the sort of the DSP of the PA system and just start compressing it. And I'd notice what was going on. I go, hey man, can you just like, you know, ease up on the limiters there and he goes no no you're not gonna blow up my pi i said no trust me i won't so it takes me half the show to get turned around and uh to get it back on track and then uh i ended up telling the headlining band i said hey man this is what happened and then they told the opening band and then we were driving up to the opera house to go do our other show with this band and there's the guy who's getting a bus ticket like perfect like here's getting his greyhound ticket like fired (laughs) garbage fired and (laughs) really uh, yeah and, uh, Crazy. Yeah. So he got fired, and I ended up mixing the opening band. <laughs> so, so it, it was no, there was no sort of. Uh, it turned out really good because I could actually just. It was the same kind of band. I could just make it sound 
better for the headlining band, you know? Right, exactly. Because it's kind of your your warm up to making your other the the band that hired you. Yeah, sound good. You can warm up the PA, figure out what 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 works. Yeah, work it work. out. Yeah, with people in the house, because you know when you just sound checking, you they got an empty place. It, it does change. Stuff changes significantly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What do you got going on there? Oh, this is my little um, this little is a little volume control for my the computer. Oh yeah. So I can actually. The only reason I did it is because I didn't have a headphone jack that was long enough. So no, so I actually use this as a USB sound card. To, oh, okay, interesting. Then I can actually for for, for the recording for the to go PC into the console. The... Yes, and now that's just oh, one nice. cable going to. Oh, nice. Hot. Uh, this is my magic button. Volume is that now. the? Is that? Oh, that's the, okay. The that's robot, not the uh, robot volume. Oh, is it? Is it the 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 servo? Oh, nice. Yeah, that's awesome. So it connects onto my console, which isn't here anymore because it's being fixed. But um, you know what I wanted to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about motion picture ending because you don't really talk about that band much. Uh, yeah, sure. If you want to, what what do you? Well, I don't know, man, because it's like it's a sort of the story where you know a band makes a push, band gets some sort of buzz, the band plays some shows, and then the band sort of either fizzled out or it's not that you know, or just gave up or or stopped doing it. Like it's sort of an old story, but it's like everybody has that story. Yeah, I mean, I I think I think that the 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 motion picture ending story is is identical to any other semi successful act that decided that it was time because it wasn't like I mean we weren't together for a super long time but you know it got to a point where um you know everybody kind of needed to do something because you know bills had to be paid you're not getting paid a lot of money playing shows and he just didn't make enough money to pay the bills and and uh you know kids were happening and all that kind of stuff and so we kind of had to look at it from a an adult perspective more than a trying to be a rock star perspective because it kind of you know th- there was there was moments of of excitement that um that were really awesome and then when they kind of failed um that's sort of when y- you know how it is where you, you you're not um your passion for it kind of takes a hit yeah. and then you know the, the the i guess the more and more that that happens you're kind of like is it really worth it to pick up the pieces and keep pushing farther which i think that the answer to that always should be yes if you feel like you should be doing it mm-hmm. and i think that that's probably part of it obviously all of us wanted to you know everybody wants to be a freaking rock star obviously right like that there's no question about that but they're the amount of effort that needs to be put in, especially nowadays, because the internet doesn't never really helped anything, right? Like mm-hmm. when when we were trying to, you know, you know, try to make it, there's a ten thousand other bands with the same abilities that we had because they they had the same outreach, you know. Mm-hmm. And if if you you know, so that it just yeah, I don't I don't know. I I guess these it's kind of gone. I kind of let those feelings kind of wash away you know what i mean like that that whole era kind of um i try to think about the the positive portion of it like all of us you know the four guys are still friends and we still see each other we still hang out and you know that's what i try to remember of the whole situation instead of the like you know busting your ass kind of deal and then and then sort of every time every time you know the you get go up the mountain and oh this is going to be something awesome and then it kind of just instead of it kind of gradually going downhill, it just kind of falls off a cliff and you're like, well, how many, how many more times can I, can I build up, build up, build up? Yeah. And then, and then, 
and then it not happen and then we're back to ground zero again and you know you can only no offense to people that work at walmart but you can only work at walmart for so long before you're like i need i need to i need to figure this out right because that was that was the means to the end at the time right all of us kind of had our disposable jobs disposable income kind of deals so that we could still go out and play shows and write songs and and um I'll, i'll be i'll be honest i think it stopped becoming fun and that's i guess what i've been sort of beating around the bush at this point i think at one point we all kind of looked at each other and said you know i don't this doesn't seem like we're not actually having fun anymore it's it's more like we're we're working to make it and it's seems like an awful job you know what i mean like it seemed like i'm i'm doing my nine to five and that's kind of the opposite of what the point of being in a band and trying to make it and make music because that the creativity kind of dwindles after you're oh showing up i'm gonna go and you know we're gonna rehearse the same set over again because we got to go and play a show in front of somebody who's supposed to like us and yeah hopefully push us forward and then all of a sudden that doesn't happen so we go back and rehearse again the same set and you you know one would think okay well i mean you you don't you obviously don't love it enough and 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 i guess from the outside looking in that that may be what the case is but there comes a point where the whole point of starting a band like i mean when you started your first band it wasn't because you wanted to be a rock star Mm -hmm. you just wanted to be up on stage and feel cool like you didn't have any aspirations of i'm gonna go get signed tomorrow it was more like I'm going to get up on stage and people are going to look at me and clap. And then once that, the love of that starts to dwindle and all you're looking for is to is just get a record deal. I just kind of, it didn't, it just stopped being fun, I think. Yeah. And, and it, and, and it never, like it never, thankfully it never uh, ruined any friendships like between the four of us. It just kind of dwindled to a point where we're like, you know what? It's just, it's just not worth it anymore. The songs are great, but, there's nothing there's nothing more i think we can do at this at this juncture and and a lot of it i think is is immaturity as well like mm-hmm. we look but i'm sure if we looked back at it there's a 10,000 ways we could have did things differently right but you know hindsight but yeah yeah so that's sort of the story i mean it wasn't it wasn't a terribly long run but um it was a lot of fun i'll say that met a lot of cool people and played a lot of cool shows so yeah there's there's a, there's such a thing as they you know they say capture light in the bottle and things either happen or they don't and when they don't happen it does two things it either says i'm going to get back on the horse and ride that motherfucking horse into the fucking flames of hell mm-hmm. or i'm going to reassess you know what i mean what my priorities are in life and say yeah i want to be a rock star and i'm or yeah i want to f- normal life or yeah i want to be stay friends with the people i i love in this band yeah exactly and, and all those things sort of mixed together and and when you get to a certain age in life you start thinking you're right i don't want to work a nowhere job sorry walmart workers but let's face it you know there's better things to do out there yeah but everybody has different aspirations like For I, sure. I i know somebody that i know that is more content on just sort of doing nothing. And, right. And I'm fucking jealous sometimes. I'm like, really? You know what I mean? Like part of you thinks, I really want to be able to sit back and enjoy what I got and be cool with what I have and just right. do nothing. 
you know, and there's people out there who can do that. I always like doing different shit. I always like doing different things. And you do too. You do different things. Like you'd be bored. Yeah. If, if all you had to do was sit in an office and push paper or push a pen, but I'm jealous sometimes of people who can just do that. Where, where it's just go to, you know, go to work, come home and then, you know, and, 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 and I, I think that that's, that's also a great life that that's how you want to do it. Yes. If you're happy, that's all if you're you're happy. Exactly. And, and I think, yeah, I think the main, the main focus, because I don't know, like the, the, you know, the, every band has a breakup story, but in this sort of sense, there wasn't really a story. It was sort of like, I don't really remember whether it was, you know, I got, uh, I went to college or like I got accepted to go to college mm-hmm. or Kurt ended up, um, getting a really, uh, like a really good job for him. Um, that he, you know, he also had a family. So it's kind of like, you got to weigh the two options and, and, you know, if nothing, if nothing is breaking at the time, then, you know, you just kind of, you kind of, you just do whatever your gut tells you. Yeah. And at that point, I think that that was sort of what we all sort of thought. Obviously, I don't think any of us ever wanted to stop doing it. I think it just became a part where we just sort of said, let's not put as much effort in to the whole situation. And then we just stopped putting any effort in and then it just kind of fizzled away. But yeah, it's, you know, I, I think because there was no definitive, this is done. I don't want to be around you anymore. It yeah. makes me still love to listen to the to the record and and ty and i um you know we'll still play the songs around a campfire together and and get kind of nostalgic after a while to you know to play the the tunes all over again and think man that was fun you know and yeah and we wrote some good songs together and 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 i think now i think now not trying to be in a band makes that those kind of things much more fun and him and i have you know written some songs since then just on a whim because just guys do and that's you know where our friendships friendship stemmed from was writing music so yeah um it makes it makes writing um with him on a whim much more special because it's like we're not there's we're no not anticipation writing. you're right there's no, no it, yeah we're not writing for a record that's that may or may not make us or break us you know what i mean we're yeah. writing because it's in our brains and, and it makes you happy exactly yeah. exactly so that's and that's where the fun comes back and you're like and that's where the positivity comes back to like looking back at those the Nicole said the days and 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 the good times were awesome and if we had shitty times then they didn't they don't matter as much because we still have that you know what i mean we still yeah. have the ability to sit down and you know and drink beer and play guitars and shoot the shit or whatever yeah, you know yeah. like you know the and, and i mean the guys were those the three other guys were best men's in my wedding. So yeah. like it's, and, and that was years after the band broke up. So it's like that, that to me is more important at this point. Yeah, for um, sure. For sure. But in, in, in all reality, looking, looking, I mean, hindsight again, but I, uh, I don't think that, I don't think I could do that. Like, I don't think I could slug gear, you know, to dingy bars for six people and then get home at 3.00 AM yeah. on a Thursday night and go to work again in the morning. Like, I don't know if, I don't know if I have enough passion for, for that lifestyle, not music, not, it's, it's not about music. It's about the lifestyle and, and yeah. trying to make it as a rock star or whatever. Um, and, and I'm sure lots, lots of your listeners will, you know, will kind of look at, well, then, you know, what, what the hell are you doing then? Like, what's the point? But I'll, I'll be honest. I actually enjoy, 
playing in cover bands because at the end of the day I'm still playing music in front of people mm-hmm. and I don't have to, I don't have to write songs that people will judge me on. Yeah. And then for, for no reason, you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. you put your heart out on the stage every time you go and play a song. Yeah. yeah and then some fucking wrote. douchebag says, Oh, they're shitty. They're shitty and old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you're, you're never going to make it. I've had you, both those comments thrown my way. Yeah. You are <laughs> yeah, shitty exactly. and you are old. Exactly. Okay. But, thanks. but then for, for what I know that you obviously, you know, people write music for themselves. You should never write music for somebody else to care but in at the same time like it's a it's a cycle so if you don't care if about who you're writing songs for but then you go and play a club for one person then i'm pretty sure you'll start caring more and more about what people think if they are not showing up and then you're not paying your bills and you know you can't get more gigs so it's sort of it's sort of a crazy cycle that i i commend any anybody who's still doing it and really pushing to me too to not I don't even I don't even want to say make it because that's such a lame. No, no, make it. Term, there's so many different like, variances of making it. Of like course, making yeah. it mean you come off tour and you didn't lose any money. That's making, in my opinion. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And if you still like, again, back to the same thing I said about about sort of the MPE stuff is like, if you can if you can continue, and it still be fun. That's that I think is the is the important part. Like that's the that's when you know it's a win if you can come off even just come off of that a one date or a weekend run or something and you're still want to go back out again and do it again mm-hmm. that's when it's worth it but like yeah. if all you're thinking about is is sort of where we ended up being is like we ended up it becoming a you know nine to five job then it just it t- takes all the fun of it you don't have any you can't get any creativity when it's when it's sort of mundane and it's mm-hmm. and that's sort of kind of what happened and and i'll be honest like you know we all have you know gone and done our own things and and everybody's sort of flourishing in their own right at this point i mean obviously we know about ty and his career so mm-hmm. uh he's he's sort of the outlier he kept he kept going with it which is good because he's he is you know extremely talented and a great songwriter and i'm glad that he still writes and is is out there playing um you know so so that's the that's the positive part about it and and i don't know there there isn't a whole i wouldn't say there was negative memories about it that's why i don't talk about it i just think that you know there's there's other cool cooler things out there that that people are doing that we can talk about um and i don't know if it's like you know i don't know you know if you can call it modesty or something but it's just like you know we were a band we were good and we played some good tunes but there isn't a whole hell of a lot of a story you know well i think though being in a band in your late or mid mid to early to mid 20s and then getting some marginal success in your late twenties and then being in a family at the age of 30 and then either separating from music or doing music on the side. That's sort of, that to me, the more people I talk to, that's a normal trajectory. That's normal. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's in, there is a common thread to this whole show is that when people are in their twenties, they're super invincible. They're like, I don't care. I don't need anything. I don't need anybody. I'll just do this until I die. And then right. they go realize and go, holy shit! I have a baby on the way. Oh, uh, I better not die. You know, I better it, stay alive exactly. and I better drive a little slower and think a little more and you know, not eat better or you know what I mean. And exactly. then then they turn into different people. But then priorities change, and priorities are important. You know, mm. whether your priorities is to just rock and roll and die, you know, do that. That's that's your trajectory. And when you say, you know, when you said before about like it's sort of the story where 
a band sort of has some tries and then some failures and tries and failure. And then had you had hindsight to go and change some of the decisions made, man, I've been watching lost a lot lately. And there is a, <laughs> and it's, some of it speaks true. No matter what's going to happen, it's going to happen. Whatever, right. whatever you decide at the age, you know, of 25, you're still going to end up being who you're going to be, you know? Right. It's always going to be trajectory there. Yeah, absolutely. You're always going to, you will get there and some people don't get there and some people stay uh, and are the old guy at the back of the punk club and some, and somebody is the guy that owns the punk club and there's no age difference between them, (laughs) you know? Right. Exactly. And so everybody is how you figured it out. Exactly. It's how you navigate your way in, in, in all of this. And, you know, it's, but I, you know, I, I think though, when I was 25 and someone said, yeah, I just play in a cover band. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> and that was my, totally, exactly you know, that I was my thing. The same way. And, and yeah. you know, and the, it's funny cause, um, we did this cover band thing and dude, it was so much fun, so much fun. Exactly. And, and then I got asked to join this other band, just this new band. And there was like a talk of let's learn a few songs to get the ball rolling. And my big foot down move was. No, let's just write songs. Yeah, you're let's, either you're either a cover band or you're you you do originals or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, let's not where, embellish our set with some cool bad religion songs. Let's write them. Let's leave. Put our heads down. Write a song and leave after we've written the song. Right. And then my only thing was, I already play in a band when somebody else writes all the songs. You know, I already do that. Right. Right. So why would I do in another band? Why would I play in another cover band? You know what I mean? Like, right. So that was. Uh, that to me is like as I'm older now because I, I have more time in 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 some respects to 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 be more artistic. Yeah, it's like to join another band. Yeah, that's that would be great, but we're not gonna. You know what I mean? We're not gonna be famous, but it's what I want to get out of it. And I want right. And oh. if you but you knew, but you the thing is is that you you know going into that yeah what you need to get out of it. And if you're if you're if your end goal is like. I want to write an album and record an album. I don't want to tour Australia with it. Mm-hmm. Like you already know going in that this this record isn't going to get me to Australia to 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 play these songs. And if it does, awesome. Like that's fine. But yeah, where where you find the 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 win out of it or the the what you're trying to get out of it is let's just write an album. And I yeah. think that that's where where the maturity and maybe this I don't know if it's being senile or just the age alone thinking like if i can get the little win out of it you know back to the discussion about the, the playing together in that band was like mm-hmm. all i w- really wanted to do was you know listen to more motown and try to play it live and that yeah. was the goal right like that was the the main focus and see how it ended up being and and that's sort of like when you get a bunch of guys in a room who again the same goal is none of us knew like the band wasn't going to get signed to any record deals at any point. That wasn't the whole focus on it. What we wanted to do was do some songs justice. And then when, when the songs ended up um, sounding good, that's when we're like, Oh, well now we've made it. Yeah. yeah. Like we've made it in our own right. Yeah. Okay. That's my goal. I want to do these songs justice. And then when you do, you're like, well, there we go. Now I just, now I've done what I've set out to do. And that's, that's sort of where the musical trajectory for, for myself has happened. Like if I can put my head down and do something, and then if I am able to get to the goal in which I put myself out to do, then 
then that's awesome. But none of that is like, this is going to be my career. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And who says that if it was your career, you would be as happy in doing it? Like, there's a thing I've talked to people about, like, yeah, you know, it was fucking great being in a band, going tour, make no money. Then we got a record deal, then turned into a job. Then it was like, oh, no. And then they start other bands. They started side bands because it's like, yeah, I just I want to start it again. You know what I mean? Which is refreshing for them because then they go back to their original band and have like more fun doing it, you know? Right. It's it's that brand new relationship thing. Like it was, it's all like yeah. fun and glitzy and glamour. And then you realize, well, when, when you really have to work at it, yeah, can you still get the artistic passion out of it? It's all perspective too, because, you know, as, as a person myself, it's like, I, I, I like my job. I like doing it. But then when you go out and you tour manage this weird bar in Oshawa and you work with some weird people, you go, not the band, but the people I'm in the, in the venue with, go, God, I can't wait to get back to my job. Right, I can't exactly. wait, and it's so and it's so funny because you're probably like counting the di- time down to that the, to that gig. You're like, I can't wait to go and do this freaking. Gig. Yeah, I can't wait to do the gig. It's gonna be fun. Gonna hang out with my friends. There's the most amount of my friends were there at that that show too. By the way, <laughs> usually it's like me and maybe one other maybe one other person, and then so it was like we had like a little fucking posse going on back there. That was awesome. It was yeah. awesome, and it, and and I I, f- I forgot how many of their tunes that I had known before going to the show so it was great and they, they actually put on a fin- like a fantastic show yeah this is lowest low by the way for, for yes, you all you listening yeah, at was... home yeah. <laughs> yeah no it's like that is a that to me is a, a heaven sent because i did four or five years working with a band of people i fucking loved you know what i mean right. loved them like the small town yeah. pistols were like that was like the closest thing to working that i'd worked with like bands like snfu some 41 like bands that like I like a family with, you know. Yeah. And then I didn't think it could really be possible to have another kind of family, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that this this has been that whole thing. It's like, yeah, I really like these people. I like these people, and and you know that's sort of always been a thing with me is that if I I like them as people, I like them more as a band, and then I like their music more. It's weird. You, you yeah you you almost you almost you go beyond the music and there's some sort of respect that takes over. Yeah. I find that actually like if here, here's a prime, here's a prime example of almost what you're talking about is, is uh, you know, I obviously, you know, listen to Ben, Ben Harper and, mm-hmm. and obviously respect that he's a good, talented musician. Then I listen to uh rig rundown of Ben Harper and the innocent and like, and there's just some sort of like extra respect for him as a musician, just listening to his passion, talking about his instruments. Yeah. Now I've gone back and listened to his music again. And then you have some sort of strange love for the music now that wasn't there before the songs haven't changed since the last mm-hmm. time I listened to them. Mm-hmm. But my thought of those people, because of hearing them as a musician, talk about things that I'm also passionate about. It's yeah. funny how that works, right? Like yeah. if you're to, if you're to just put a song on, your first instinct is to critique the song. But if you were to talk to that person, the songwriter or the musician ahead of time, you really, you know, you, you really hit it off. You were both in the same wavelengths. You're going to listen to that song differently for the first time. If you're going to go back and and rewind and, and it's, it's kind of funny how, how it's much more than the song. And sometimes that's negative. Sometimes it could be a negative thing, right? Like, you know, you, let's say Kim Kardashian puts out an album. Like what's your first instinct that Kim Kardashian could put out a, re- yeah. a record that's good. Yeah. You, you're going to say no, no because I don't respect anything that she does outside yeah. of 
music how can i respect what she's going to do for music and that's that's the negative side of things so it's kind of funny how that portion of it especially like in the touring world like if you you meet these guys they you you know you hit it off with them and they're like hey come out on the road and then all of a sudden you're like this is amazing because i am on the same page yeah but think about how different that would be if if it wasn't they sucked yeah you know you would you wouldn't want to do it even if it was the same music it wouldn't have mattered because it's you just don't have it you're not on the same wavelength and i think that was a lot probably part of the reason and i'm I'm speaking for you i apologize but like with the pistol stuff was like we just had fun you know what i mean yeah. like it didn't matter how good bad terrible ugly the, the gig went it was just fun because we all all we were wanting to do was have fun together anyways yeah. right yes definitely and that, absolutely and and that's and i think that that positive energy kind of radiated throughout all the gigs right like yeah. there's two thoughts and, in this yeah the one thought is um yeah like the the, the opposite side of there's bands out there that I know that are probably the worst people on earth, but I like mm-hmm. their band. I would never want to meet them in people as people. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the guy from Third Eye Blind. Yeah. That guy sounds like a colossal douchebag. Yeah. But my God, can he write a song? Yes. Like yeah, unbelievable sure. music. I, I don't even forget that one record with Never Let You Go and that whole record. That's it's the phenomenal. only kind of dud and that's phenomenal. the hit. Yeah. Such a good record. I just yeah. heard it on Spotify just not too long ago. I was like, Holy fuck, this guy. But then when you hear interviews, you're like, this guy sounds like an idiot. Sounds like a fucking asshole. <laughs> right. And and then that kind of sneaks into like into your thoughts of how much you like the music. You still are like, man, I think I like the music. Yeah. But then how often do you put it on now? Because No, I do. That, I do he's a, I, there's a few people I give a pass. There's a few people I will he's give, one of the ones. He'll be one pass, I give a pass because like yeah, you're an asshole. Like, say, perhaps, perhaps Mick Jagger, probably colossal douchebag. I like the yeah. Stones. Who? How can That's you true. not like the Stones? Um, yeah. <laughs> and but there's the other one. Um, uh, who was I ta- um, thinking about? Um, uh, I can't, I lost my train of thought. But there was like, there's like, there's times when you just, you just meet someone, you go, yeah, you're awesome. Oh, the the I just remembered. I listened to Sammy Hagar have an interview on the Adam Carolla podcast. And I always thought Sammy Hagar, what? A, I can't drive 55, ruin Van Halen. Come on. You know what I mean? And then yeah, I heard yeah, him in an yeah. interview and he spoke so many truths and so much logic that I'm like, I, I listen, I can't drive 55 in a whole new way now. I'm like, exactly. All right. You might not love it, but at least you're, at least you won't turn it off now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, it, it has another, there's a whole other level. Yeah, there to was a level of personality it. here to understand. And you know, obviously if you toured in one of the largest bands on earth and, you know, own the largest, you know, whatever, you're like a billionaire or whatever, you're going to have different like realities and truths that you think are yours. But when he spoke as in an interview, I'm like, Hey, this man, this guy, you would think a lot worse. And you go, right. And he's saying things, you're like, oh my God, this is actually pretty cool. He's actually telling like a lot of truths about, um, you know, the days of touring and things like that. If you can find it, it's on the Adam Carolla podcast. It's like, it's one of the ones that came, it's almost five or six years ago now, but it's really, really good. And that's one of those cases where you're like, you know what, Sammy Hagar? That's so bad. He gets a pass. He gets a pass. pass You can drive 55. Yeah, sure. No, no, you can't. You don't have to. You know, it's not you can't. <laughs> See, you, you you you're allowed. I'll allow yes, you to I'm, drive. I'm allowing you. Fifty six and a half miles per hour 
Sammy. Which is okay. Can I call you Sam? Sammy's mine. Can I call you Sam? Sam? I'm sure you can call me Sam. Yeah, sure. Only you though. Sam Hagar. (laughs) That's just it doesn't sound nearly as rock star calling him Sam. Yeah, he's Sam. Is it it Sammy or Sam? I actually reminds me of a story. I was recording this metal band. The band is called Devastator with an OR. And the singer's name is Herb. And uh, wow. I'm ready to punch him in. I go, you ready to go, Herbie? And he looks at me. He goes, it's Herb, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sorry, dude. That slipped out. Yeah. I called you Herbie. Yeah. <laughs> it was inevitable. Yeah, so it has to, it's inevitable. Ready to go, Herbie? And I took uh, this guy, Justin Long, who plays in Do Make Say Think. He was my assistant. And we laugh every time. He's been on the show twice, and we fucking laugh our asses off about that recording session. It went over three days, but it was almost 30 years ago now. And we drove all the way back from London, Ontario, just in hysterics. I wish I could have recorded that because we were laughing so hard about this recording session. <laughs> do, do, do tell, or is it all inside joke? It's all kind of weird. Like they would refer to their girlfriends slash wives as their C words. And. That's a very British thing to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so took the gun out to the, you know what I mean, saying things like that, right? So, so Justin was so put out because they thought he was gay, anyways, because they just thought he was. They just assumed Justin was gay, and and you're like, he had so many like, they're just racist, misogynist, dirtbags. And really? I found them somehow That's and they cool. opened up for this band called Mal Havoc. And I said, Hey man, you guys are pretty good. Like, I'll record your band. I'll record anybody. I don't care. You know, so it was the second session I ever got paid for to do when I was like young recording our um, engineer. And uh, Justin just lost it on one guy. Like you can't call your girlfriends these names. <laughs> <laughs> Did you end up finishing the whole session? Oh yeah. I think I did. It yeah. was horrible. It was so oh, bad. Man. Yeah. So but that's uh, like that's 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 the epitome of of you know being a rock star before you're a rock star. Yes. Unfortunately. Yeah, they said Kurt Cobain was always Kurt Cobain. Like he never he never changed because he got famous, you know. Well, yeah, like, I guess that would that that that's what <clears throat> makes people back to our douchebag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really that's what makes people douchebags is Yeah. Yeah. Changing Money. changing into a complete tool anytime that they once the a little bit of fame kicks in. I was watching Backstage Passport 2 today, the no effects documentary on them going yeah. playing really weird shows. And Fat Mike is like, he's the, he was Kent, their tour manager, that was the, the problem in the first season. And it's all Fat Mike. He's all the problem in this new season. And uh, they like called him like, you're, you're the fucking singer from 30 Seconds to Mars. You're that fucking douchebag drug addict. You know what I mean? They're just, because <laughs> he got so wasted at one show. That he couldn't remember saw were and they recorded the whole thing. It's all like on tape and Fat Mike's going, I don't remember any of this. And he gets like all mad and surly, starts fighting this tax and stuff. Like it's a crazy show, man. But Fat Mike is a drug addict. Like he's yeah. self admitted drug addict. And but um <laughs> just you watch it because it's I don't know if you've seen it, but it's I haven't, no. It's really good because it's like a band that are famous really they're mm-hmm. famous and they're going to south america and they're just purposely putting themselves in dangerous situations so to see what the shows would sound like and you know interesting tv and whatnot and uh it's two hours long but it's fucking amazing are they still are they still yep they still rocking yeah yeah still playing they're doing they have recently? their own festival now it's the craft beer punk and drublick craft beer tour crazy thing. yeah is it is it supposed to be like a warped tour esque thing, or like that. yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because that's done now, right? Yeah. Or- well, they just do like one or two shows around. Okay. I think they do like LA, like they do California. I think they do Chicago, but I could be wrong. But I think they only do one or two. They don't tour it anymore. I I, th- I I was listening to a podcast about it. Apparently, it was it was a you know a pretty well crafted tour. Like to do that many dates with that many people. Yeah, must have been an absolute nightmare. It yeah, I did it in the early two thousands, and it was. I suppose it was done. It was like touring in the army. You know what I mean? Like. I guess you kind of have to though. Like, if you have yeah. what fifty acts or forty acts or whatever the hell it is, and and that you know, lots of people, and I'm sure you kind of have to run it a bit, like a very militant. I know it's, it seems so ass backwards for a, a punk tour to be militant, but yeah, I would assume that that would be the easiest easiest way to to organize a bunch of drunken idiots all <laughs> all the time, right? Well, yeah, like I did it the same year Green Day did it with. Uh, oh, nice. And they played. I saw. I saw them play every day, and I saw No Effects play every day. Um, and and you wouldn't know what time you were playing until you showed up at nine in the morning. So really, you would drive in all night, driving in from somewhere, and you'd have to be at the table by nine to figure out what time you were playing. You and might be so playing at noon. It's different. It was different at every every yeah. except for the headliners. There's right? like, like five they're... different stages. Yeah, you'd have an idea if you're the headliner, one of the headliners, like you wouldn't be playing like at noon. But I saw No Effects play at two in the afternoon, and they played really? on. They didn't play on the main stage. Yeah, it's weird. Crazy, but but then the night before they played on the main stage. They might, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. And it's That's wherever crazy. it's however they deal, you know, and, and how they fit it in because they were like bands just wouldn't show up sometimes, so they'd have like this whole thing set up, and it would screw the whole day up if a band didn't show. You know what I mean? So they're scheduling. Was like if you're here, you're gonna play. If you're not here, you're not gonna play. Makes sense. Yeah, even though you're contractually there to do the tour, and uh, it was a bit of a shit show sometimes. Like yeah. uh, all the food didn't show up to one show, so like wow. this one like food truck that was following them around cooked food for everybody. So you're like waiting to eat some bad hamburgers, <laughs> and, and there's like the barbecue is about two times the size of the barbecue you have in your backyard. And you're gonna feed like fucking sixty people. people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you yeah. hungry? Yeah, we can wait. You know. Okay. So yeah. And then water. Well, the water was out of the tap. They would just they'd use reuse like the bottles, and just take tap water and give you tap water. And it's even said warp to a water, and they would sell it too. They would sell tap water to the people. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And um, but whatever. I mean, like Kevin Lyman, he's on the show, and. uh just after Trump got elected, he was on the show. He's not very happy about Trump being the president, but um, no, nah, man, he's always been a solid dude, and he's always been a you know a promoter of of punk rock and independent music for sure. A good one. What did he? What's he? What's he doing now? Did he? I don't know. I think he still does promoting like shows around, but I don't. You know what I mean? Like, dude, I think the dude's like almost sixty years old now. Like. He's been promoting like using gold. He was a gold golden voice, which was like the original punk rock promoter in L.A. And uh, he that's how he got all his contacts and stuff and for Warp Tour. And uh, the first one, uh, SNFU played in Toronto, 1995, and uh, they played at the Cine Grandstand. And it was like, remember that rolling stage that they would roll out? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We played on that stage, and. Uh, 
it was so crazy because I'd seen so many concerts as a kid at Sydney Grandstand and bands played on that stage. And I was like, you know, 25 on tour. I'm like pointing at all the places where I'd seen like motocross or I right, saw, yeah. I saw kiss. Uh, no, I, I saw, I saw sticks and I saw kiss over there and I saw super tramp there and I saw dirt bike racing over there. It was so crazy. You know what I mean? Like I walked into the stands and kind of tried to find the seat I was in. It was awesome. But, um, that was the, the tour that sublime were supposed to play, but they didn't get across the border. So I was kind of bummed out that sublime did make it into, uh, but it was Agent Orange, L7. Um, I was played Red Five, this cool band I liked. Uh, Wizzo, this German punk rock band. SNFU, No Use for a Name. Who else? Trigger Happy played it. Um, same thing, two stages. Um, not a lot of people. Yeah, those, are, those are the like the early days, right? Yeah, the very first time I came to Canada. Oh, the or, first time I came to yeah. Canada. Yeah, I don't even know if they went to Montreal yet at that point. Interesting. It might have been the second show in Canada, but it was definitely like, it was like, yeah, the first time in Toronto, that's for sure. But um, do you have any concerts you remember seeing as a kid? Like at Sceney Grandstand? Um, I didn't, like I didn't, uh, I, you know, where I grew up, it was, if, we, if I was going to a show, yeah. it was a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was a really big deal to, to go. Um, th- there wasn't any... Um, anything memorable um when when i was younger like the 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 most memorable was probably um i was maybe in i think it was grade grade seven eight or nine somewhere in that range and seeing incubus for the first time at arrow hall yeah Um, that that was that was like that was pretty life-changing at that point because because you're you know when you're first starting to play in bands and you're like you know i want to be these guys and all of a sudden you you sit there and watch them and it was Deftones was on the same bill too. So it was yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Incubus and Deftones together. But um the 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 most non-memorable uh experience was I I think I I was way too young. I was probably eight years old and my dad I'd have to I'm sure my math is incorrect, but um on the um the tragically hip day for night tour, my dad and and my uh my cousin had or uh they had tickets to go see the hip in Toronto and I was eight years old and obviously I was in I was in love with the hip at the time and, and I'm like I, I almost assumed that I was going with them oh. really like, I'm eight years old and my dad's getting to go out and like go have fun with a with a friend like <laughs> yeah. the, that's so that memory that memory unfortunately stuck with me that I didn't get to see that day for night tour because I loved that album where like, was it where was the because I saw them on that tour I think either that was on the uh, last American exit that EP in the nineties, uh, yeah, I don't. It was I can't even remember where. I was probably it would have been at the forum maybe because I saw him at the forum. Uh, it was either day for night or it was the one before I'd have, that. I'd have to ask my dad. I, he he even hung the ticket up on his little ticket board. Yeah, <laughs> just, uh, just rubbing yeah, in your face. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm sure <laughs> had no idea, but that but that was that was one of the ones that uh, that was like a, a first memory. Um, the the first like live show that I went to, which just sounds so ridiculous, but um, my dad and I were went to we're going to an Argos game, and so they had like it was probably I don't know one of the first games of the season, so they had bands playing out out front, and I don't know if you remember the band or if they were big. I can just remember the name. They were called DDT. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're they a Canadian. Yeah, I think they're a Canadian band. But anyway, so they they played. So that was like the first, the first like live experience. This was this was this was just after the the failed day for night show that I didn't get to go to. The, <laughs> at least I at least I went and saw this DDT band. They were in some 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 tent playing outside, and that was my first live experience. So mm-hmm. it sounds so funny to like to to look back at. I mean, I've been to you know bunch of shows now in my life but to look back at like my first concert memories were not the greatest concert <laughs> yeah, concert yeah. memories and and just thinking about you know where my life is now and and my involvement in, in you know live sound and, and all that kind of yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. Back and go, it, there was no like kiss 77 tour you know my first show was a kiss or whatever it was kind of like it's pretty it was pretty lame which is funny because my dad being you know at the time he was a radio he was a radio professor but you know, being in radio his whole life, you'd think that I would have been able to, like, I would have went to a bunch of like cool, cool shows or whatever, but I just, just never ended up happening. So it's got kind of have a really lame like, <laughs> first gig stories. It's kind of, it's kind of funny to think. I also have a terrible memory too. So, so that's, <laughs> that probably doesn't help. Yeah. I don't think, no, my parents never really took me to concerts. They would go see concerts, but very rarely. Uh, but I do remember going, I was supposed, I was 14 and, uh, we were supposed to get taken to the Supertramp concert at the Cine Grandstand. And I was like, <clears throat> so my brother was supposed to take me. And then all of a sudden, he, he couldn't go. So 14, I got my buddy to come with me. And unchaperoned, we went to go see Supertramp at 14. And we we took the GO train, like got picked up, uh, like dropped off at the GO train in Pickering and took the GO train in. Like, like I don't know how that, you think of 14, like, even my son's fifth, like 16 now, when he was 15, I'm like, there's no goddamn way you're going to go to the Air Canada Center and go see a Muse show or something. You're not doing that. You know what I mean? Not, not, Maybe not even at 16, I, I have, you know, trepidation. But here we are, you know, we're just sitting there like watching Super Tramp. And I'm like, I knew the songs. With my buddy and everybody's passing weed around. I'm like, what is this? This is a, you know what I mean? No, I don't smoke cigarettes, you know? And I had no idea. And the show supposedly ended. So we're like, get up. And we're like, let's go. And then it, we didn't even know what an encore was. Like, awesome. they start playing crime of the century. I'm like, well, I gotta, we gotta get back in. And like, you can't come back in. I'm like, what? You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> so we remember the, the uh, part of it was had this sort of fence like by the scene and we could just barely see what was happening through the, through the crack of the fence. That's and uh, yeah, yeah. Got back on the, oh, got back on the train and went home and you know, it was such a weird, and the, you know who opened the payolas. Really? Payolas opened and they had a good sound. They sounded great. Like, you know, good times good times so hey man like i i think i've taken you for i've taken your time it's it's past your bedtime i know i i, I apologize we should have did this um earlier in the week i but, know uh, well you know, know what pages and, pages and her 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 favorite i'm sure well you've gone through it twice yeah. the, the the no phase and yeah. and it uh it's a hit or miss at, at nighttime where it's just because yeah. you you would hear her right now like she's into the when when she's not getting getting the getting her way, she's about as loud as the band she could possibly be. So is Everett. He's sixteen. Yeah, he's in his <laughs> no phase too. It's still, still right. Yeah, still. exactly. So they never get out of it. But yeah, no, no, and I I, I apologize. I didn't uh, didn't give you the the whole allotted time. The but, real uh, Greg Bolton experience. The real. 
No, we definitely got the real Greg. We got Bolton the full experience. Greg Bolton experience for sure. Exactly. There's, just, there's just a bunch of other filler as well. That's how interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Exactly. But uh, no, I, I like coming on here and, and chatting. I, you know, it's nice to just shoot the shit. And yeah, I want to do a thing next time you come on the show. I've been thinking about it and doing just an episode where, because I get bands that want to, they send out their like feelers and I listen to the music. Then I go, okay, let's do one. And then the band won't really want to do an interview or they won't, they'll somehow not be on the show. And I've just been finding bands. I'm like, man, this band's so good. I want to put them on the show. I keep bugging the publicists. They put them on the show and put them on the show. And they go, ah, they're kind of like one person's doing this, one person's doing that. Or the next one now, the big one is now, well, all five of them want to talk to you on the phone. I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't want to know. That's no. not happening anymore. So no. my thing now is if I like a band, what I'm going to do is do an episode where I, f- I take music from that that like and just play it and go i like this band i'm gonna play the music i don't need to do an interview and then we can both listen to it and go hey this would be fun to listen to and then talk about it and then that'd be a show you know what i mean new music the other the other one i want to do is just because i've been i've been on spotify and i've been finding bands that are like holy shit this band's awesome you know and maybe i might get an interview with them or try to get an interview with them or just play it on the show and say yeah i like this band (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, go check them out, and then kind of talk about. Just talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like do fake idea. interviews. You can be the guy in the <laughs> band, and then it just it just destroy destroy my reputation. Yeah, when you wrote this life. record, um, "Stairway to Heaven," being oh, in Led yeah. Zeppelin and all, um, how did that? How did you feel about stealing that song off that other band? Well, you know, there was nobody in the band that wanted to do any work. So I thought I you thought, had a British accent. No, no American. <laughs> That's a that's a misconception that we're from England. Meanwhile, you just stole I'm, an I'm, accent, I'm, you son of a I'm bitch. From, I'm I'm from northern Georgia, so uh, <laughs> I don't know if you knew that about Zeppelin. You don't even sound North Georgian. No, no, no listen, Russian, my, Russian, my ancestors, Georgian, my Russian. We're all we're all uh, no no northern Georgia, Ontario, Ontario. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, a small hamlet, uh, north North Ontario. But anyways, yeah. So so when I when I stole Stairway to Heaven. Hmm. Uh, the other guys couldn't come come up with any actual music, so I thought, you know what, let's just let's just do a bunch of stuff. And you know, if we make the song long enough, yeah, we'll They'll forget. forget. It sounds like another song, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then and then we'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Done. And so then that was a whole the whole um, Led Zeppelin four record that we wrote. Um, yeah. It's again a, another misconception that was that it was it was recorded at Headley Grange, but actually it was. It was in my mom's basement uh, <laughs> in in Trenton, Ontario. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that either. Mm-hmm. So Led Zeppelin Floor was recorded in 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 uh, Jen Bolton's basement in Trenton, Ontario. I am learning a lot right now about Led Zeppelin. That's unbelievable. Well, I mean, like unbelievable is actually the word I'm using. Actually, exactly. Well, I mean, <laughs> this is what happens when you get when you get the real guests on when you That's get the, true. The, the real Jimmy Page on your show. I think we're on to another yeah. show now. We're on to a new show where it's just faked, <laughs> complete fake interviews with fake people. So, but Mr. Obama, um, can I call you Mr. Obama? Do I still have to call you Mr. President? Uh, it should be Mr. President Obama, but I mean, you can call me Mr. President Obama. Oh, okay, well, yeah. that's, that's, I'm noticing the accent change there again. Hmm. North Georgian? It, North Georgian, Ontario. You know, most of the... Chicago. That's all, where I'm from, all, from Chicago. All, all the characters are That's the way I talk. I'm talking like I'm from Chicago. Uh, I can't. I can't do. Um, if I do accents, I I get lost. I can start it and then I get lost and then it goes back to <laughs> turns back into you. That's it goes, turns back into me. But I think that that. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'd be the only one that would find it hilarious. But it would be kind of funny that 
you really sell sell having this interview with this you know these people and then every single interview is literally the same person's voice the whole time <laughs> they're, they're in the character of whatever that yeah you know this is uh you know this is uh max bemis from say anything and then it's the same person that did <laughs> emmy hagar the week it, before it's be somewhat believable though like hey it's me uh um it's me uh bill priddle from trouble charger hey how you doing I'm doing pretty good. How about uh, you? You actually sound a little bit like Bill there. That's good because they're they're at least from they're it's from believable. Kansas, it's Toronto, believable. Right? That's the thing though. We have to find people that are believable to be yeah, in our fake podcast interview show. So I didn't sound like Jimmy Page, is what you're trying to tell me. Um, no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you didn't. You know, uh, it's really bad, he, Jimmy Page. I thought you were Robert Plant too, by the way. Uh, Faker. I could be. It could be if you really need me. I just I'm so bad at accents that it would just. It would go sideways really quickly, and and it would be one of those podcasts where somebody would turn it off in the first three minutes. Yeah, that's like, cool. These guys are they're trying too hard. We will we will do something though. But hey, let's sign off, and I'll, I'll talk to you after. Okay, hey, sounds good. Thanks, man. And that was Mr. Greg Bolton. What a sweet dude, right? Right. Yes, he is. One of my favorite people on earth. So everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Thank you to sh- for shopping on Amazon. You can do the same thing by going to appalog.ca slash Amazon or appalog.ca slash US Amazon. The links are also in the homepage of appalog.ca. And uh, support the show by shopping and buying stuff. And uh, whoever, somebody spent like $250 on computer stuff. And I want to know who that person is. So if that person wants to uh, send me a... Uh, I don't know, send me an instant message over Facebook or something. Um, I'll give you a shirt. I'll send you a shirt. I, I usually promise to send shirts, but <clears throat> and I forget. But I will send you a shirt, and I'll send you a link to the discography of Foursquare. How about that? Make sense? Okay, great. So, th- yeah, because I said, man, spending 200 bucks on Amazon is uh, it's, 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 it's good. It's good for you. It's good for the show. <laughs> All right. Next week, who's on the show, Simon? I don't know, because it's the summer, and uh, people aren't getting back to me. Um, let me know. Let me know if you dig on this too. Um, if 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 I had to go to uh, every other week over the summer, would anybody freak out and say no? We need to have more podcasts because I'm trying to put some things in order um, about getting sort of guest hosts, sort of pull their own shows together and things. Um, and I want to see if anybody's interested in doing that. Um, yeah, I've asked a few people already, but you know, if anybody wants to do a show, there's nobody said the show has to have me as a host. Okay, so I I will do all the editing, I will do all the preparing. All you have to do is do a, a video conference or a, a recording, and you can have your you can be on the show as a guest host. That sounds like fun, right? Hmm. Yes, it does. Anyways, everybody, have a great week and a great weekend, and have a nice day. We'll see you again. Okay, bye.